Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, church. Today we are beginning a brand new series called Bridge Builders. And so... uh, For the next four weeks, we'll take a look at ways we can mend relationships and build bridges where there once were these vast chasms, these great divides of bitterness and hurt between people, between groups, between families, between churches, and from those who are on different spectrums politically. You know, the most interesting thing is when you look at the Tower of Babel, it fell, it lost its momentum when they were all divided. Forced to speak languages none of them could understand with the other. And I think that's so important to comprehend that when there's division... There can be no power. When there is unity, there is great power. And our nation is divided. And that is a scheme of the enemy of our soul. We need a bridge. We don't need to keep pointing fingers and saying how bad they are and how bad they are as they point at us and say how bad we are. The more divided, the more they can conquer. I said earlier, and I think it's important to say it again, I remember a time as a, as a young person, even in college, where we would debate and argue this, this social issue, this thing, that thing. We'd argue all sorts of sports, and we, and we all agreed that the Niners were the best, and there was nothing to argue about that. But I'll tell you what, when, at the end of the day, when, when part of our group was all the way over here, another part of the group was way over here on any other kind of topic or issue, even about arguments about the, well, are you pre, are you mint, are you post, or are you Calvin, or are you Armenian? It didn't even matter. Because at the end of the day, we all say, time for pizza. And all of us would still be friends over all the conversation of disagreement. We believed in reasoning together. We've lost that. And it wasn't abrupt. It was subtle. It was very subtle how we got there. But God wants a bridge. You want to know who the key is to that bridge? I could not get from my sinful state to God. On my own. The chasm was too big. The divide was too big. There was no way for me to get from here to there. That's where the Lord is. And God had to put a bridge. And that bridge was a cross where Jesus hung. He was the bridge. And as long as I went across Jesus, I could cross any divide to be in the presence of the King. We need a bridge. One of the things that we face today is a culture 
that we did not grow up with as in, in, in my day and age. And that is, if somebody disagreed with me, we, did, we, we went and ate or we went and did something. But now, well, if Bob disagrees with me, we're in a culture where he's going to have to cancel me. You're just canceled. It, it's interesting political correctness, how you use funky words to, to really describe something that's really extreme. What are you really doing when you cancel somebody? On social media, anywhere on the internet, you attack them so that their reputation is so butchered that nobody will hire that person to be a part of their company. And if they own their own company, nobody will buy their product or services. You know what has just happened? When a person cannot make a living, we've committed murder. How will they survive? Counsel is nothing more than murder. I may disagree, but let's go get a pizza. I don't have to hate you. The Bible says if you say to your brother, Raka, you fool, you've committed murder. We've got to be careful with where we're going as a society. It's devastating. So as we get going today, it's important to remember that forgiveness is the core message. If not the core message of all of the New Testament. And one of the primary writers of the New Testament is a guy by the name of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Paul was intimately aware of the power of forgiveness in his life. But also in the lives of the congregations he helped plant and where he ministered to. Now one of them was a church called Colossae, where we get the book of Colossians. And it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, make allowances for each other's faults. Wow. And forgive anyone. Did he really use the word anyone? Forgive anyone who offends you. Well, I can forgive a lot of people, but that one, no way. I'm never going to forgive them. My dad beat me, you might say. My mom this, you might say. My uncle this, you might say. And the problem is, the stories are so brutal. And yet, the Word of God doesn't give us wiggle room. And it says to still forgive. It almost seems like we're slapping the face of the person who was victimized. Wouldn't it seem that way? They were done wrong. And now we tell them to forgive? But if God is all loving, what might we be missing in the profound statement to forgive? You're all familiar with the monkey trap. I'll share it again for those maybe who are listening via podcast. And by the way, we're so grateful that you're listening. And that would be this idea. 
So here's a monkey. Hi, Miguel, you're my monkey today. And there's this coconut. And I cut out a hole where I attach a rope on the inside, put a knot. Then I put in a little bit of orange slices or rice or something that the monkey would like. Carnitas tacos, huh? Okay, we'll put a couple of those in there. And then I make another hole just large enough that his hand can fit in. So he puts his hand into the coconut and he grabs the taco. But because he grabs, he's making a fist. Now his hand is much larger than the hole that he entered into the coconut with. So when he tries to pull out, he can't get out. He's now trapped by the monkey trap. But is he really? If he let go of the tacos, let go. <laughs> like all of us. And then it slides right out. You see, God knows if you forgive when you were done wrong, when you were victimized, when you were violated, when you were abused and misused and taken advantage of, that when you let go, you are no longer trapped by the enemy of your soul. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. See, so we got to forgive. Not because He's trying to hurt the victim twice, but He wants that victim to be set free. Forgive. So you'll be free. Not plagued by the horrible event that plagues your memories. Forgive. Verse 14. Well, let's, let's, let's go back. We'll start at verse 13 all over again. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, in perfect unity. Now, in verse 13, make allowances for each other's fault. Or, or in the New King James, it says, bearing with one another. In the Greek word, it's, it's anecho, which means to hold up. It means to endure. It's not easy. Because sometimes there's more than one offense, isn't there? There's more than one really bad comment. There's more than one take advantage of me. And yet God's saying, don't get stuck in the trap. Stay out of the trap. If we don't forgive others... Paul is telling us, God cannot forgive you. What? But, but I said the sinner's prayer, I want to go to heaven. I, I believe Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead three days later. I'm here for Easter. I, I did it. I looked up at the pastor. I raised my hand. Did you forgive? The others? I mean, I know you asked God to forgive you, but did you forgive like He forgave you, those other people? I have a right. 
You ever notice when God tells Marvin or tells you to forgive somebody, what's one of the first things you say? They owe me an apology. Hello? That's the least they owe me. And yet God says, make an allowance for each other's faults. Christ is our example. Not only for the power of forgiveness, but for the process. And what Paul tells us in verse 14 is that we must do this in love for each other. Which binds the entire process up in unity and in harmony. So, in these two short verses, Paul gives us a great blueprint for the process. He says we must hold up, we must endure each other. If there is a grievance or an offense between us, we need to let it go. And interestingly, this is exactly where so many people jump out of the process. It's too easy to just simply cancel someone. Or avoid someone. Thankfully, that's not the path Jesus chose when it came to you and me. He entered into the difficulty. He endured. And we've all benefited from His sacrifice. In 1 Peter chapter 5-7, it tells us, and I decided to use the Amplified. It's just... It really, well, let's just say it amplified it really well. Verse 7, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. The process of forgiveness can be a hard thing to accomplish. But if we seek the right blueprint as we move from our old life to our new life, we can take all of our burdens to the cross and leave them there. There is freedom in forgiveness. I want to I say that again. There's actually freedom in forgiveness. The lie is, I have a right and I deserve to hold this grudge. I didn't do anything wrong. Didn't we all sin? Haven't we all come short of the glory of God? But I make exception to say, but I didn't sin against them. They didn't have any right to do that to me. And yet God says, you've all sinned. You're all in need of forgiveness. What's it matter? I'm not perfect. But my mama said I was. Perfect little baby. Mama be wrong. As wonderful as forgiveness is, it's also true that resentment, that bitterness, unforgiveness, are a horrible way to live. Now, it's not in your notes, but listen to this out of Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If possible, I'll say that again, if possible, 
what does it mean? Because it put that little two-letter word in front of it, if. What's that mean? It means that it could also be not possible. So if possible, so far as it depends on you, not them, be at peace with all people. What? The one that offended me, the one who, who hurt my name, the one who did, took advantage of me, violated me? Yeah, um, be at peace with them. What? As far as it depends on you. No, it's their job. No, no, that's not what the Word says. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with them. Now, I get it. There's times where you cannot get forgiveness and get peace. Why? Maybe they passed away. I mean, they're no longer here. Or maybe just to be in their presence would start a fight. Not even saying anything. That's why certain family members don't even go to a funeral or go to a wedding because they can't dare see that other relative. But as far as it comes to you, you'd be at peace with them. What's that mean? Stop fighting on the inside. Why? Because it shows on your face. Oh, I just got real there, didn't I? Have you ever been so angry and everybody thought you were actually happy? Hello? If you're ticked and you show up to a family event, God bless you. You're going to have to go on your knees and say, God, I let it go. God, I forgive. I do three things. I promise. I'm not going to throw this in their face again. I promise I'm not going to talk to other people about it. And the third one is the hardest one. I promise I'm not going to meditate on this. Oh, it might come back. Something will trigger it. But then that's when you drop to your knees. Say, God, I give this to you right here, right now. Take over, Lord. That's forgiveness. And you may have to forgive that same person over and over and over again. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. Why? It's not that you have to forgive over and over. It's because you're being triggered over and over again. And the more you give it to the Lord, the more you're actually rewiring the, the mind and the spirit to all of a sudden goes, hey, that doesn't have any, have any bearing on me. Do you have a scar in your body? An old scar from when you were a kid? I got a question for you. Do you really remember how you got it? I got scars in my body. I have no idea how they got there. Why? I was just being a kid. Got this scar. I'm like, what in the world? What did I do to get that thing? That's big. And then I got other scars that I know how I got it there. Three guys on a bike going down a hill. I wonder why I got hurt. You see what I'm saying? Don't let the scar take you back to the moment. Let it be. In Matthew chapter 6, 
Jesus makes it very clear that unforgiveness is just a horrible way to live. In actuality, it's a death sentence. Verse 14. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. So not only is Paul saying this, now we have Jesus telling us, you got to forgive. That's heavy. And if we don't forgive, we're saying, God, don't forgive me. Have you ever met somebody like that? I know what the Word of God says, but there's no way. Not that one. Not going there. I have every right. I, you've held a grudge for 40 years. How's that going for you? You look pretty miserable. Keep up the good job. You see how the enemy can just steal from you? What great things you could have been doing with your family, with all those people who you love. Don't let them. Let's look at Luke chapter 7. And here, it's holding this grudge thing is really part of it. And the, 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 listen to this parable. It's incredible. So verse 36, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. And when a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume about the wages of one year of a Roman soldier. This was expensive. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him, Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, the Pharisee, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered, Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. You know, a man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after canceling their debts? Who do you suppose loved him more? Well, verse 43, Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet, from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith saved you. Go in peace. Wow. I mean, in this parable, Jesus paints an illustration of forgiveness by a story of borrowing and lending that many of us can relate to. How many times has someone wronged you and the first thing that comes to your mind, as I shared a little bit earlier, they owe me an apology. We go to a debt. They owe me. And much like the money lenders, we have a choice to forgive the debt or to continue to live with the debt, with the offense. Think for a moment of the sins each of us commit every single day. Imagine if Jesus put parameters around what should be forgiven and what should not be forgiven. How do you think you would play out? I don't think I do very well. Maybe you guys are because, you know, way better than me. Can you imagine if there were conditions on forgiveness? And what about the sin you keep repeating and you ask for forgiveness and you do it again and you ask for forgiveness and you do it again and you ask for forgiveness and you do it again? And you do it again, and you do it again. Forgive me, forgive me, and do it again. Forgive me, forgive me, do it again. I mean, what would you do if he said, Oh, your limit's up. Done. You go to hell. You see what I'm saying? His love's unconditional. His blood is unconditional for my sins. That should encourage us. Now think about how God forgives each of us. God holds back His anger. God bears with me and bears with us over and over and over again. God meets us where we are in our sin to offer His grace and mercy. God also always makes the first move to forgive. God continues to forgive us even though He knows we may continue to sin anyways. And God will continue to reach out to us for reconciliation. This is what Charles Spurgeon says. He said, Suppose someone had grievously offended any one of you. And he asks for forgiveness. Do you think that you would probably say to him, well, yes, I forgive you, but I can't forget. 
that sort of forgiveness with one leg chopped off. It's a lame forgiveness. And it's not worth much. End quote. Can you imagine that? I forgive, but I won't forget. Take that. Marvin, you look pretty lame there. How are you going to run the good race? Wow. What I believe Surgeon is, is saying here is that if we begin to put parameters on our forgiveness towards each other, if we continue to increase the gap rather than building the bridge, we'll never truly ever forgive. I get this. I've gone through some pretty hard stuff in my life that I think is pretty hard. And I'll tell you what, I keep getting, hey Marv, don't go near that monkey trap. Get rid of it. You know, any good contractor starts with good blueprints, with good plans. The example of Jesus gives us the best blueprint on forgiveness in the Bible. From, from Genesis to Revelation, we are shown over and over again that love, that grace and forgiveness are what wins the day in the life of God's people. Joseph Strauss Art Suspension Bridge was built in 1937. You know what we know it as? The Golden Gate Bridge. But I want you to picture that bridge, and I also want you to picture what it took to build that bridge. It took long hours, tough work, hazardous work. Eleven men died, thousands of workers. And of course, it took a masterful blueprint and plans to build this thing. As Christians, we're called to bind everything we do together with love. And just like the workers of the Golden Gate Bridge and how they came together, we too must come together to create a beautiful bridge that will close the gap, the chasm, the divide in our world today. It's huge. It's horrible. They're attacking our faith from every direction. I get it. But there's this crazy thing that the Bible says. Even in the midst of being attacked left and right, love conquers all. All. All of the craziness. All of a sudden, let's get these, these people who are men and they're dressed in women's clothes and have them read to our children. And we're like, going, are you nuts? How is that okay? Well, it's not. They know it's not. But it's love that conquers all. It's love that's going to win that person who's lost to Christ. It's love. It's love. Not permission. Not condonance. I'm not going to, to yield and say, it's okay, we'll look the other way. No, it's having the hard conversation. Saying, 
Why are we doing this? What's going on? You see, forgiveness has nothing to do with whether someone deserves it or not. The truth is, I don't deserve forgiveness. And neither do you. But He offered it in spite of my competency of earning forgiveness. It was God's grace. It was His mercy. It was His love that offered me forgiveness. And I'm supposed to do the same. Forgiveness is a core teaching of Jesus. As Christians, the Word of God is our blueprint and how we're called to bridge the gap. Forgiveness won't be easy, but as we continue to live our lives for Christ, we can look to Him as our contractor. Jesus has all the plans and has laid out those plans for each of us today. We must learn to hold up, to bear with, and endure with one another through this crazy process. It's not going to be easy. And I'm not thinking, I'm not naive that it's going to get better all of a sudden. It may take some really long days. And it's going to probably require a whole lot out of you and your Christian faith in ways you've never had to experience before. But there is restoration in Him that will provide peace like no other. So as we leave today, I challenge you to think about a few things. Where are you getting your blueprints from in your life? Are they actually coming from the Word of God? Are they coming from some podcast? Are they coming from something you just think that makes sense? Or is it really coming from the Word of God in His heart? Here's a big question. Is there somebody you got to forgive? And God's kind of tugging on your heart right now. I don't know, from when you were a kid? Maybe it was a boyfriend or an engagement that went bad. Maybe it was a boss. Maybe it was a friend, a parent, a relative. In Ephesians 1.17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. May God reveal to you what's holding you back. He give you that wisdom. So with your eyes closed and heads bowed, Lord, I pray blessing on your people because the truth is we all have something that we hurt from. Somebody hurt us, took advantage of us. And the truth is, until we forgive, our hand's in the monkey trap. And it's time to let it go. If you're here and you know there's something that you need to forgive, somebody hurt you, took advantage of you, misused you, abused you, whatever it may be, but you don't want to have your hand in the monkey trap. You want to be free from it all. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to agree with you in prayer. 
Would you raise your hand? Would you look up at me? Praise God. Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Yes, 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 yes. Praise you, Lord. Well, Father God, help us. It's not easy. Especially for those who they know that they know that they know they didn't do anything for this to come about. And yet, they suffered. They were taken advantage of. They were misused. They were abused. They were offended. They suffered great loss. And it plagues them. But God, they don't want to have to be a victim twice. So today they choose to take their hand out of the monkey trap. They choose to forfeit. They choose to forfeit. They choose to release their right to say they owe me. And they just hand it over to the Lord. And they slide their hand out of the coconut. And Lord, Your Word says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now the enemy of our soul will try to tempt us to go back to the monkey trap. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So Lord, I pray blessing on them. And there's three promises we got to make when we really want to let go of unforgiveness. We promise, one, I'm not going to tell other people about this anymore. I'm done. Two, I'm not going to throw this back in that other person's face and remind them. And three, I'm not going to meditate on this anymore. I'm going to be free from it. Because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. Lord, set the captive free. Bless them by the power of the blood, by the work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy name, and we all say, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.